Good morning, everybody. Robert Carrillo here from Metro Vision Studios in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Uh, good morning and greetings to everybody. Greetings to uh, the mighty Metro region and everybody listening across LA and across California, the US, and around the world. We've got a lot of friends tuned in, a lot of family. Uh, it's great to have you with us this morning. And uh, it's a beautiful day out there. A lot happening in our world, and uh, hopefully we're all praying and, and, and aware and, and bringing our friends and family before God and uh, just keeping just keeping God reminded of, of uh, how much our friends and family mean to us and, and the protection that we all need right now as, as uh, this uh, COVID-19 is really hitting our country big time here in the United States and particularly here in Los Angeles. I know uh, we need to be praying for the, uh, New York and some of the major cities out there. Spoke to some, uh, communicated with some friends uh, last night in Madrid and a whole family. Uh, they're in lockdown because uh, they've got it. And as well as uh, I've heard of stories now of other family members here in Los Angeles. And uh, so we just need to be uh, constantly in prayer, praying for each other, uh, bringing each other before the Lord and, uh, Staying close to God and looking for ways to uh, just love up on each other and take care of each other. So this morning, I uh, got a really cool uh, study. One of the great figures of the Bible, uh, Joshua, son of Nun. He's uh, always been one of my heroes. Um, just just a great, great, great story of his life. So we're going to go through his life and then and then uh, pull out some things that I think that'll be very encouraging for us to learn about and i think his story his life will will encourage and inspire us you know all these the bible says are recorded here so that we can learn from them so that we can be moved and inspired so uh you know there's there's great stories of victory there's also stories of defeat that's one of the things i love about the bible is that it uh it's just very real it's very straightforward you know uh all the even the heroes of the bible uh, the greatest heroes like Moses, like David, like Abraham. I mean, they, they, you see their strengths and you see their weaknesses, which is one of the proof positives that they didn't write it. You know, they didn't write their own story that the Holy Spirit was behind it. God's hand was behind these stories being recorded because surely had they written them, they would have left out some of the bad parts, especially the embarrassing parts of their mistakes. But, um, it's all in there for us to learn from, which is great. And, uh, and that's why we have it. So we'll jump in without further ado here uh, to Joshua, um, the story of Joshua. And as we jump in, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the sun that's shining. And, and uh, Father, even for the earth that's healing at this moment with less traffic, less smog, less pollutants. Uh, we pray, God, that the earth would be able to heal while we're uh, in in lockdown and homes and not working. And we pray, Father, that we'll make the most of the times that we're given, Father, at home with each other and connecting with each other at home, but also with through the through the technology that we have to be able to connect with each other. We pray especially for everyone, God, who is sick and uh, needing help, Father. We pray that everyone would get the help that they need. And all this we pray as, as we open up your Bible, we pray that uh, we'll have open hearts and open minds to learn, to grow, and, and to be what we need to be, especially right now 
in this time of crisis. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, Joshua, son of Nun. So, here's what we know. You know, Joshua, of course, was a contemporary of Moses. Um, he was uh, probably born a slave in Egypt. Um, and uh, Moses took him under his wing as one of his assistants. In Numbers 11.28, says, Joshua, son of Nun, who has who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, and you know, I'm not going to jump into that conversation, but but the comment is that that Joshua had been Moses' aide since youth, his assistant, and um, and then we read a little bit later in Numbers 13, 16. Actually, his name we we find out there that uh, that his name had been Hosea, Hosea, um which uh, was, was the name that he was listed under when they talked about the leaders of the 12 tribes and the 12 spies. But uh, but um, Moses had changed his name from Hoshua to Joshua, which which um, the Hoshua is the salvation of God and Joshua is God saves. So they're very close, they're very similar. But uh, Joshua basically is an older version of the same name as Jesus. Yeshua, Yahshua, or Joshua, you know, so that's, that's why they sound, uh, very similar. And, you know, there's, as, as we all know, um, there are definitely foreshadowings in Moses and Aaron and Joshua. Um, Moses being the prophet who brings down, uh, the, the word of God from, from on high, from God himself. And Aaron being the high priest who goes before God for the people, and Joshua being the the commander and the leader who leads the people to the promised land. All three of those figures are precursors or foreshadowings of Jesus, who would be the word from God, the logos of God, and who would be the high priest that that pays for our sins, and who would be the one who leads us to the promised land of God, which is heaven. So all of them are, 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 are significant figures for us to look at and kind of plants the seed so that we would be ready to understand Jesus. But uh, as we're looking at Joshua, you know, he's such a great, uh, such a great leader. Uh, so many great things about him. So I'm just going to pick a few things that we, that we read about him and then kind of unpack what we can learn from Joshua. So Numbers 14, 6 is Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who explored the land. So the backstory is, okay, so the, the, you know that Moses leads the people out of Israel. Um, they go across the desert. They go to Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. And there they receive the word of God. They receive the covenant. They receive the, 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 the deals with God that they would be his holy nation. They would be his, his royal priesthood. They would be his people. And, and he in turn would teach them how to live. They would obey his commandments. And he's creating a nation that will represent him. And at some point later, give birth to the Messiah for, so they would be a blessing to the whole world through their example and through Jesus. So that's all happens. And then, then they're supposed to go to the promised land and, and the land that God had promised for them and set up for them, the land of milk and honey. And they're supposed to take it. They're supposed to march in and take it. 
Uh, however, it doesn't go well. First of all, there's there's several problems, you know, and, and there's, you've hopefully read uh, Genesis and Exodus. If you haven't, go read it. It's awesome. It's incredible. And at the very least, you probably saw the movie, right? The real Moses was Charlton Heston. Um, and, you know, the, there was problems all along the way, right? And, and uh, um, afterwards, after they get the covenant, the Ten Commandments, they go to the to the border of the promised land and they decide to send in 12 spies to see if they can really take the promised land. And this becomes hugely problematic. Well, first of all, God wasn't the one who told them to send in spies. Now, I think one thing that's really cool here is that, that um, even though God did not give him that instruction, and later on he rebukes him for it, he says, Basically tells him you should have just took the promised land, but um, because that ends up backfiring on them. Um, but even even though you know, even though it wasn't his plan, he still worked with them. He showed them who to pick and how to pick the people and all that stuff, which kind of shows you, you know, God God will work with our lack of faith. He's very patient, and he'll help us to build up our faith. I mean, you would think when they get to the promised land, they would have just marched in after all they've seen. All the miracles to get out of Egypt, all the miracles crossing the desert. I mean, so many incredible things. Going to the mountain of the Lord, seeing the miracles of God, seeing all that they had seen. How could they doubt God when they got to the promised land? Well, uh, no surprise there, really, because it's human nature to doubt, right? That's our nature. It's our sinful nature, but we doubt, we question, we don't just believe uh, we, we, we tend to doubt things. We see a sign that says wet paint. What do we do? We touch, right? Because we doubt. It's our nature to doubt, right? So, uh, unfortunately, they didn't overcome their nature. And, and really, they should have put their faith in God. And so, they get to the promised land. They, they pick out these spies. And, uh, you know, the spies, they come back with this report. And they say, they tell the people, we, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak that came from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. That's kind of the, the key phrase is that we look like grasshoppers to them, and we look like grasshoppers to ourselves which tells you everything about what their perspective was. Instead of eyes focused on God, where were their eyes focused? On themselves, on the obstacles, the problems, and themselves. And that's what sinks us spiritually. When we get caught up in the problem and in ourselves. Well, I don't this, I can't that, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough talent, I don't have enough education, I don't have this, I don't have that, and look at this problem, and it's huge, and and I don't know if I can overcome this, and I don't think I can do that, or this, or that, and that's kind of the, that 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 is what sinks somebody spiritually, instead of being focused on God. Um, in Numbers 14, 6, it says, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, these are two of the 12 spies, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we pass through 
and explored is exceedingly good. They knew it was good. They brought huge uh, clusters of grapes. They brought all kinds of stuff that God had showed them how great the land was, right? He says, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And, you know, I love this because Joshua and and, and Caleb's response is, obviously it's the faithful response. If you're thinking about God and you know who God is and you know that God is is loving, he's powerful. Remember remember the uh, one of the last one of the recent devotions we talked about God being omnipotent, omni omniscient, omniscient, you know, uh he knows everything, he is everything, he's he creates everything, he's all powerful and he's all loving. And we know this is God. So if you know that and you have that in mind when you're facing your challenges, you're able to deal with them. But because they'd lost sight of that, because why? Because their focus was on the problems and on and on themselves. All they could think of is exactly what they said. We're like grasshoppers. And but but Joshua and Caleb's uh perspective is totally different. They're like, they're like, look, if the Lord is pleased with us. Surely he can give us this. I mean, they're thinking, this is the God who sent the seven plagues. This is the God who built a pillar of fire to lead us. This is the God who sent an angel to wipe out the opposing armies. This is the God who dropped manna from heaven every day to take care of us. This is the God who who thunder and lightning came from the mountains and carved out the stone tablets. And this is the God, I mean, just miracle after miracle after miracle. So in their minds, that's what their mind was full of was how great is God. So this challenge, as great as that challenge was, was nowhere near as great as God's challenge. I mean, as God's strength. So the challenge, of course God can do this. And that was their attitude. Of course God can give us this land. Of course God can do this for us. Just don't rebel. I've, you know, I've been around long enough to know that, that, um, really a lot of my challenges just be cooperative with God. <laughs> Just go with his plan. Just surrender to him. Let him steer the ship. You know that sticker, God is my pilot, my co-pilot? That's garbage. God is the pilot. If anybody's a co-pilot, it's you. It's me. I just figured I, I had to sit in the back seat and enjoy the ride. Let God steer the ship. What does that mean practically? It means you do what the Bible says. It means you obey whatever the scriptures say. Well, what if it doesn't make sense to me? That's where faith comes in, where we trust God. And then later on, we realize, ah, that's why God had me do that. I mean, there's so many things. I became a Christian. I was 19 years old. I knew very little about God. I knew very little about the Bible, but I did know he was God. And I know that I'm not God. And I knew that he was awesome. And I know that I'm not awesome. So I trusted, I entrusted myself and I set out to obey the scriptures and everything and man, has he blessed me. Never has he tricked me. Never has he lied to me. Never, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, today's April 1st. I was trying to think of a good April Fool's Day, but I thought, now nah, with everything going on in the world, I don't need to be pulling any, any pranks. But you know, the thing about God is he never pulls a prank on us. He doesn't, he doesn't promise stuff and then say, nah, I was just kidding. 
No, he doesn't have a bad day. Not one single bad day. He doesn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm tired. I just forget it. I'm not doing this. No, God is faithful. You can count on him. And he always does what's right. And that's what, that's what Joshua and Caleb understood. And that's why they could face all those challenges that the other 10 saw and have a completely different conclusion. Be confident, even in facing danger and in facing scary times. You know, this is, we're, we're, we're in scary times right now. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get focused on that. Uh, I, I think we always have to be aware of the truth and aware of what's going on. Putting our head, putting our head in the sand is never a good plan. But be aware, but be faithful. You know, I mean, it was like it's like what Romans said about Abraham. He faced the facts and did not waver in his faith. You know, he faced the facts. So you got to you got to be a realist. You got to know, okay, what's 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 the the challenge out there? It wasn't like. Joshua and Caleb were saying, there's nobody there. There's nothing, there's no danger. It's that they knew God being involved would change everything. And so that's what we have to do. Face the facts with faith, right? Even face our fears with faith. Yeah, face them. So, okay, here's what I'm scared of. Here's what I'm worried about. You know, I, I, we all have them right now. And, and the level of fear around the world is very high right now. And if somebody says, well, I don't have any fear, I either doubt they're being honest or they're just totally out of touch. They're living in a bubble. There's a lot out there going on, but that's why. So the issue is not how much fear. The issue is how much faith we can have. And and our faith can grow and rise up to the challenge of the things that we're facing. So I love it. He says, he will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. So do not be afraid. I love his attitude. So don't be scared, you know, don't, or as we say here in California, don't be as scared. Don't be as scared. God is with us. And in fact, the, the sad thing is that, that, um, after he said this, uh, in, in verse 10 says the whole assembly talked about stoning them. They wanted to kill him. People get angry when you're faithful sometimes. It's okay. So then I want to jump ahead to numbers 14, 24. It says, this is God's attitude about the spies and about the people. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his, his descendants will inherit it. God notices their attitude difference. God notices their faithfulness. He says Caleb has a different spirit. And he's also talking about Joshua, and he includes him later on when he says, not one of you who the people that he led out of Egypt will inherit the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Why? Because they had a different spirit, a spirit of faithfulness, a spirit of, of God is awesome. He's in control. You know, and and this this did, didn't happen overnight. I mean, you you see Joshua's faith build up, and that's that's really our spiritual journey: is building our faith, building our focus, getting better and better at focusing on God, growing in our faith. You know, back in Exodus seventeen, um, I think that says eight through six, but it's 
the other way around there. Anyways, says, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. So when jo- when they were leaving Egypt, they were coming closer to the land. Joshua helped Moses. It says, they fought the Amalekites Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. He sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So Joshua was the soldier. He was the commander. And Moses was holding up his arms. And literally, that's where we get the phrase, I want to hold up your arms. Literally, they were holding up his arms. As long as his arms up were up, they were winning. But Joshua was the one that Moses entrusted to lead the fight. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. He was a soldier. And, and, and you got to love that because obviously, who do you want to take the promised land? A soldier at the front. And, and it also speaks to having the right people in the right places. You know, we, we, sometimes we, we want to be the expert at everything and we can't. We, some things we're better at than others. God had Joshua lead the, lead the people into the promised land. It was a time for a soldier. It was a time for a warrior. But but that was what he that was the role he fulfilled. But not just that. In, in Exodus thirty three seven says now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to the tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at that entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their own, to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So Joshua would stay right by the tent, guarding the tent of God. I mean, he was guarding Moses. He was there. He he was there where Moses would have all the conversations with God. He was a guardian of things spiritual. He knew the value of walking with God or being able to meet with God or being able to speak with God. He was very close up in this whole scenario. And that, that, I mean, talk about valuable training. The training to lead God's people wasn't just being a soldier and fighting, although that was good, but it was also being somebody near the Spirit of God, somebody close up. Now, and, and you know, and the last thing we look at is when, when Joshua was given command of the people, when the, the leadership passes from Moses to Joshua, and imagine well, first of all, we know that Joshua was very courageous. Why? Because he was faithful, because he always thought about God, you know, and, and God was always in the picture. And, and he understood that anything plus God equals victory, right? So he he absolutely understood that. But imagine, that doesn't mean he didn't have fear, and that doesn't mean he didn't have feelings, right? Imagine taking over the leadership of God's people after Moses, I mean, you talk about big shoes to fill or big sandals to fill. Uh, you know, I mean, Moses was awesome. Moses, 
is incredible, you know, considered by many, you know, the greatest prophet after, you know, up to Jesus. And, and here he is taking over leadership after that. Imagine any insecurities, any fears, would you wonder, am I the guy? Can I do this? Do I have what it takes? I mean, come on, Moses sat and talked to God face to face. How am I going to follow that? You know, and, and so when God commissions Joshua, you understand, understanding what probably is going through Joshua's mind and heart, you understand this classic first paragraph. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them and to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, I just, this, this is such a great paragraph because God knows everything, right? He knows Moses. He knows Joshua. He knows everything going through Joshua's mind and heart. And I love it. You know, he, he, you know, he, he, he says, look, Moses is dead. That's, that's the fact. That's the reality. And he says, now you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. And, and, you know, Joshua is the one that had been one of the spies. So he knew the challenges ahead of them. He knew what that looked like. He knew what Jericho looked like. He knew what all the land would be like. And he tells them, and I love this. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, it, you, you, you hear language like that at a wedding that I will do this forever and ever and ever and ever. And the sad thing is that most weddings, you know, in, in, in the world I'm talking about, people don't really pay attention and oftentimes they don't even take it serious because it's probably not going to last. Now, the great thing is in the church, most of the weddings do last, but because we know that people say with all their heart, not all of them, but the thing about it is that people say these things with all their heart and, and, and mean it. And here is God basically making a wedding vow to us. You know, that, that even though we who are human and break our vows and, and don't live up to all we promise, he is God and he will not. He will absolutely carry through his promise. And, and he says, never will I leave you, never nor forsake you. I mean, that's got to make Joshua feel better right there. But that same promise applies to you too, that God is always there and you can always turn to him. And that 
is pretty comforting. That is pretty reassuring. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. You know, he 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 starts to, actually the total in the, in the original language, she tells him seven times to not be afraid, to be strong, to be courageous. And how do you how do you be courageous when you're in intense times? Well, there's there's one direct way, and that's focusing on God and filling your heart with faith. Growing in faith produces strength and courage. And that's really important. God plus plus your belief equals strength and courage. You know, if you believe, if you focus and you put your hope in him and he says, be careful to obey all the law my servant gave you. He said, look, I gave you instructions, stick to them. And this is where faith is really obedience and trust both come together here, where to obey his commands, trust him that if we do what he says, it will go well for us. Anyone who wants to please the Lord must obey his commands and believe that God will reward him, right? He says, be strong and very courageous. He says, and obey, don't go to the left or the right. All of us have tendencies. Some of us lean to the left. Some of us lean to the right. He says, be careful. Don't let your tendencies steer you away from the word of God. Stick to the word of God. Neither to the right, neither to the left. Stick to the center. Stick to what God says, right? He says, keep the book of of the law always on your lips. What does that mean? We should be quoting scriptures. We got our memory scriptures. Next slide is, is to remind us of our memory scripture. Keep it on your lips. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything written in it. You know, if you've ever cooked a a meal or made a pie or made a cake and you have to follow all the ingredients. You understand how devastating it'd be if you forget one thing, right? If you forget salt or you forget, or you put the wrong, you put baking powder instead of baking soda or whatever. I've done that before where I put the wrong thing or I forgot something and it doesn't taste right. It's not right. He wants us to be careful to do everything he's instructed us to. You know, we, we, we need to be careful to listen to Jesus we need to be careful to do all that that Jesus has called us to do, especially now in times of challenge. And he says, look, haven't I told you, be strong and courageous. So this is a time for us to be strong and to be courageous. How do we do that? By focusing on God, remembering the Lord and all that we do. And then we face our challenges. We face what's out there, but with God in mind. So I'll close out with that and a reminder that our memory scripture is First uh, Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Say it again, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Look, you already memorized it. And then last week's, because I forgot, I'm, I'm saying it again because I forgot to repeat it on Friday. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my defense He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And that was our memory scripture for last week. So uh, stay safe, stay home, stay away from danger, and protect our families. Let's reach out to each other. Uh, let's, Let's keep loving one another. Use the technology that God has given us to encourage each other, to help each other, 
to 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 be with our prayer partners and our and our friends and and and, and be there for each other even if we can't be there physically we can be socially separated socially isolated but spiritually united and emotionally together god bless you and have a great day